on and converge. Church, come on, everybody on your feet. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We got a new one for y'all today. Repeat after me. Say, Yahweh. Yahweh. Holy is your name. I don't want to take it in vain.
can heal all our sins and diseases. No one, no one, yeah, no yeah. one. If you said it, we 
you said it, if you said it, we
just lift your hands to him and begin to send up some worship from your lips. Oh God, we thank you because we're chosen. We thank you because we're chosen by you, oh God. Oh Lord, in my Father's house, there's a place for me. Sing it out. that you would meet us here today oh God we ask that you would move by your spirit in this place because where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom there is freedom in the house today oh God so we ask that you would just meet us here oh God saturate this place with the with your anointing that destroys yokes oh God saturate this place father with your spirit your holy spirit you're welcome in this place oh God we throw our hands up and release everything to you oh God because we want you to move and have your way somebody just say God have your way say God have your way God have your way have your way in this place today oh God we ask that you would touch the word father let someone be pricked in their hearts and ask what must I do to be saved in the name of Jesus father we will forever give your holy name all of the glory we will give you all of the honor and all the praise in Jesus name Converge Worship. Good morning, everyone. Please be seated if you can. If not, take your time. It's all good. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today for Converge Worship. Thank you or for Converge Live, our in-person worship experience. Thank you, Converge Nation, for joining us online via live stream. We are so uh, happy to see each of you here in person, each of you online. We do not take it lightly. And if this is your first time worshiping with us, we want to thank you as well. There are many churches that you could have chosen to come to on your way here to Converge. And so we are honored that you choose to spend a portion of your day with us. To celebrate your first time here, if you are a first time guest, we ask you to stop by the Welcome Center to connect with our pastor after service. We also have a QR code on screen for first time guests. If we're able to get it up, scan that QR code. We just want to collect a bit of information from you, not to be invasive, not to be intrusive, not to bug you, but we want our team to reach out to you guys and connect with you. And again, thank you for joining us here uh, in person. So um, we also want to make you aware of a few things. The first thing being, if you guys want to stay connected with us, if you want to know everything that God is doing here in and through Converge, please connect with us on our social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at we are Converge Church. We've got lots of content there. That's where we post everything that is going on. So connect with us in those various social media platforms. We also want to share with you that our students are meeting right now over in The Verge. If you have a student, yes, thank you. I heard somebody out there excited. So they must have a student between sixth and 12th grade. So middle school all the way through high school. They meet every second and fourth Sunday at 10 a.m. in The Verge. They have a great time and they connect 
connect around the word and in community with uh, other students their age. So please have your students join us every second and fourth Sunday in The Verge with the other Converge students. We also want to share with you that um, ConvergeNet is meeting again on Sunday, July 16th at noon, immediately following the worship experience. If you were at the kickoff back in May, it was a great success. We had about 70 people in attendance. And so what ConvergeNet is, is we're looking to connect with people in the marketplace. If you lead an organization, if you are self-employed, or if you are looking to transition, please join us in ConvergeNet. There is a small cost for lunch, it's $15, and there is childcare available, but the childcare is available at no additional cost. So if you'd like to join us for the next ConvergeNet on Sunday, July 16th, scan the QR code to register. It'll also have the link that you can follow to make the payment, and we will see you guys on Sunday, July 16th. Thank you guys so much for your attention. It's so great to see all of your faces. The next person that you guys hear from will be Pastor Jesse. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Converge Church. Look at someone and smile. Come on, come on, come on. Look at someone and smile today. Look at someone and say, I'm glad to be here. Look at someone and say, I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much for coming. We appreciate you coming and being a part of our church today. Let me share a couple of scriptures with you today as we prepare for the blessed life. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 8 and 18 to remember the Lord. Say remember. Remember the Lord your God for it is he that gives you the ability, the power, the strength to get wealth. So that he may establish his covenant here in the earth. So there's a purpose behind our giving. The Bible also says in Deuteronomy 15 and 4, an interesting verse, he says, Give generously to him and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. Isn't that good? Amen. The Lord is good. We thank you for coming. If you need an offering envelope this morning, please raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. That's one way you can give. Please fill it out in its entirety and legibly. Also, we would appreciate you can use uh, a text means, and that is texting 77977, and you can give. You can also give by going online to weareconverge.com, and you can give that way. You can also give by using Cash App, and you can also give by using Zelle. If you use Cash App, check your account and make sure you got a full name on there. Sometimes we'll get a Cash App receipt, and it'll say Bill, or it'll say Joan. And I'm like, well, who is that? You know, so if you do give by Cash App, just check how your receipt comes and make sure it gives a full name, okay? And if you use Zelle, please use our email, accounting at weareconverged.com. Thank you so much. Please be a generous giver. Obey the word of the Lord. The Bible says that we are to honor the Lord with everything that we own. And we believe that when you do that, that God will bless you. And I can arrest and rest assured that we are very aware that we will be good stewards in how the Lord's money is blessed and how it's used. And, and, and Pastor Ray is a good steward, I can assure you. And so we thank you for your giving. And we want you to trust us in that we are doing the right thing here at Converge Church. Amen. Say amen. amen. Well, bow your heads and let's pray and thank God for our offering today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. God, we remember you, what you've done for us. 
We remember, God, that it is you that gives us the skill and the ability, God, to increase in our wealth. And we thank you for that. We pray, God, that you help us to have generous hearts and happy hearts to know that when we give, we're giving to establish the kingdom of God here in the earth and here in our community. Thank you, Father, for those that give. Bless them, Almighty God, with health and wholeness and strength. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you so much. glad to be with you and I am so glad you are here. If you are joining us for the very first time, I am not Pastor Ray, but I do belong to him. He is our lead pastor. I am Pastor Wendy and I co-lead Converge Church with my husband, but my husband is not here today. He is probably taking the stage to preach down the house. If you all have been with us for any time, you know that our pastor is Bishop Darlington Johnson and Pastor Chris Johnson. They're in Olney, Georgia, and they pastor Harvest International Ministries. And so a bishop is not just a pastor that likes a big name. A bishop is actually an overseer of many churches. So Harvest International has about 160 churches worldwide. We are not harvest born, but we are harvest adopted. And so the men's ministry brought in Pastor Ray for this weekend to preach for their, to, to be the keynote speaker for their men's conference. And so Bishop had to travel. So Pastor Ray will be preaching for Bishop Johnson at Harvest uh, Church this morning in Maryland. He'll be home later on this evening. And so he gave me the awesome opportunity to speak to the best people in the world right here at Converge. So we are just so blessed that you are here. If you are joining us online, I need you to get up right now and do a two-step hallelujah dance because at 9.42, we had no internet power. We had no overhead. We had no nothing. And I was in the back of fussing and a crying. And guess what? The Lord showed me that he will be God. And he will be exalted. And I feel a little sad for myself because I'm sad. I was just de depending on us to be online. But the big deal about us being online is people who cannot come to church. People who are, if they're unwilling because of church hurt. There are people in Ireland and in Sierra Leone and in Liberia and in West Virginia and in Brazil that are sneaking online for our services. So it's a really big deal, but I'm glad I get to stand in the power of the Lord today. 
And so as you know, if you've been with us again, if you're, you haven't been with us, then it's a good day to join us. As you know, we have been in a series called Fruition, and we've been going over the fruit of the Spirit. And so Pastor Ray had asked me before he started the series, well, which attribute would you like to take? And I was like, joy, because I am experiencing that. Joy is not something that happens to you. It is something that is happening in me because I am growing up in the Lord and maturing. And so I wanted to share with you out of my heart the word of God um, based off of the attribute joy. So Pastor Ray has been preaching with Pastor Eric. And then last week we had the amazing opportunity to indulge in the gift of Pastor Jesse. So Pastor Jesse, who just did the offering, yes, let's give him a hand clap. He preached with Pastor Ray last week, and so I'm a big talker, and so Pastor Ray loves me so much, he just gave me the stage all by myself. (laughs) And so before we get started, I just need to put everything in perspective and exit Wendy out of the room. And so let us pray before we get in the word. Lord Jesus, I just say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for allowing us in the 11th hour to see you come through. Lord, we decrease and we get rid of all of the, maybe the frustration uh, of this morning or what we've gone through this, this past week, Heavenly Father. We bless our pastor in his absence. We thank you that the word of God is alive in him, that he's got fresh oil and that he will preach the roof off of the place, not to any glory of Ray Harmon, but to the glory of God. And Lord, for us here at Converge, we are reminded of Psalm 119, where it says the entrance of your words gives life. So Lord, we ask that as your word is released today, that you would cause us to be so changed that we would leave this service different than how we showed up. And not different because of a head knowledge, but different because of the move of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, we ask for revelation. Lord, I pray for clarity of thought, articulation of words. And I humbly submit to you, Holy Spirit, have your way. Say what needs to be said. Erase what does not need to be said. Lord, we exalt you in your proper place. Stay with us. Be with us. Help us. Heal us. Reveal to us your word. It is in the precious, matchless name of Jesus that we pray. Amen and amen. So where I'm picking up, we didn't do the fruit of the Spirit in order, but uh, like I said, Pastor Ray let joy stay on reserve for me, so that's where we're going to pick up. But I'm going to start off with our foundational scripture, which is taken from Galatians 5.16. For this particular series, we have been using the Passion Translation of this breakdown, and it just helps 
um, give clarity to the word. We, uh, Pastor Ray and I, are King James babies. I mean, we came up on the King James, and then we elevated to the new King James, and now we have all of this word available to us, and I know sometimes people get hung up in different translations. Our goal on Sunday morning is to be applicable to the believer and non-believer. So if we started off with the these and the thous and the thuses, somebody who doesn't know Christ or who hasn't been in church, they would be completely lost like, oh, it's just too hard. And so we are not in any way trying to be irreverent or just making up things or even bowing to culture. But we see a need for Sunday mornings. Now, Bible study, you bring it out to King James. But for Sunday morning, we want to make sure that we're hitting people right in the middle so that they can, too, grasp hold of the word of God. So in Galatians 5, starting at verse 16 from the Passion Translation, you can read here on the screen. And I encourage you, I don't know who sent out the memo that said we don't need to bring our Bibles to church and our notebooks and our highlighters and our pens. If somebody sent that email out and you got it, I just bind it in the name of Jesus. What we have gotten away from is the fact that there is coming a day well, we won't be able to have these Bibles if we live long enough, the word of God being true. There is coming a day when we won't be able to meet in community like this without risking our lives, the word of God being true. We find those things in the book of Revelation all through the Bible, starting out with prophecy in Daniel. And so you might have your electronic Bible. That's great. If you don't want to bring your Bible in your notebook and you want to look at home, but I implore you, Study the word of God. Get it in your heart. If you don't heed this plea, you will be reminded of this very moment that I told you this is not a rehearsal. We are in the real deal. And so you might be different. I'm north of 50, and so I need uh, the large print and the highlight and a pen and a notebook and all of my Bibles and a phone. I just need it all, and then I'm going to use it all, but I encourage you, don't outsource your faith to Sunday morning only. Though Ray and I, Pastor and I, we stand in the anointing of the Holy Ghost by how he is helping us never take our word as law. You need to study the word for yourself. And as you study, you may not have a, a deep breakdown in the moment. You're not supposed to. Guess what you're doing? You're getting to know him. Think about the first time you go out to coffee with somebody, you don't know every single thing about them, and you're not supposed to. God is calling us to a relationship, no longer religion. So we just not come into church on Sunday morning to come on to church on Sunday morning and just make sure that we're online and look real cute and then leave and do it all over again. No, Sunday morning is supposed to be the filling station that you are supposed to continue to get checkups and looking at your word. So that wasn't in my notes. That was for free. But I just really, I'm begging you, saints. I am begging you. I am begging you. I am begging you to get in the word of God. This thing is serious. It's serious 
And the enemy is not playing. And he's not coming to just get on your nerves anymore. He's coming for your very life and your livelihood and what's important to you. And what he's coming for is not just for you. What he's coming for is for your doubt. Did God really say? In Matthew 4, when Jesus was fasting on the mount and Satan came to him and said, I will make you prince over all of the world if you bow to me. Jesus himself in that moment said, it is written. He used the word of God in the moment. And it was Jesus. And guess what? Satan didn't even go nowhere. It didn't face him one bit. So he said again, you being the son of God, you can turn this stone into bread. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Satan didn't stop. And he goes on and on. And Jesus says, get thee behind me. If the enemy is so brazen to approach the son of God. Please don't fool yourself in thinking that coming to Converge Church on Sunday, and I'm not being crass, but I'm being very serious because I don't take my life for granted. If this is my last Sunday and it's not in Jesus' name, but if it is, I will leave this stage empty of the truth of God. If the enemy was bold enough Knowing Satan didn't just reside in hell. He was in heaven. That's a whole nother sermon series for Bible study. That's where you get the, 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 the meat of the word. If he was so brazen and Jesus himself had to use the word of God and Satan still didn't move. That was just a foretaste of what's going on. The word of God says the wicked freely strut about when what is vile is honored among men. And we see that in full-blown operation. There will be no way we can make it unless we know this word. Not just know it and receive it because Satanists, they read the Bible too. Because they want to know how to combat us. You need the word of God and the Holy Spirit. So we're not just trying to teach you the fruit of the Spirit. So we got a real cute graphic and being cute. No, we are preparing you for war. And it is here. It is here. And so I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, Galatians 15. It says, let me emphasize this. As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. Everybody say, I have a part. It didn't say that when you professed Jesus, he was going to wave his hand over you and magically control you. Let me submit to you today that God is not and has not ever been interested in being a puppeteer. 
meaning for him to have you on strings and for you to just do whatever he wants you to do. In Genesis, it is says in Genesis 1, God said, let us, meaning God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let us make man in our own image. A part of being made in the image of God is having free will. You have a choice. Salvation is not enough just to say, oh, I profess Jesus. The sin doesn't leave. What we are saved from is we are saved from eternal separation from God because of sin. That is what salvation is. But we work out our salvation in getting to know who he is. But we have a part. The scripture says, as you yield. As you say, okay, God, you do it. That's what he's asking. As you yield, for those of you who just, let me say this, let me put a little commercial break. For those of you who are just getting to know me and this is your first Sunday, I am really sweet most of the time. I mean, people would not really say that I was sweet. They might say, oh, she's funny and she's loving. I am built primarily in my expression of faith, evangelistic. So my husband, he is so, he is most like Jesus. I am like John the Baptist and Peter. They had a baby and it was Wendy, it was me. And so I am very passionate, so I am not fussing. I am just, you know, evangelist. They, ah, they preach the word today. Ah, I graduated from missions. So I've been in India preaching and in Brazil preaching and all over the place. And we just love them. We leave them. We go on to the next because there is an urgency. And so as much as I practice, you should have seen me. Nia could tell you. I was practicing the sermon on the couch. Oh, I did edits for two hours. I told the media team. I sent it for them to edit. Oh, I really tried to just practice and be so sweet, but I'm not. So I just want you to know that I am not angry. I'm just very passionate about the word of God. And every time I just really try to be real cute, I said, well, if I just wear a skirt and some flat shoes and I could be, you know, just, okay, mm -mm, it's not working. I'm just going to walk through the anointing that God has put on my life. So I just want you to know that I'm not mad. And come back next week. Pastor Ray will be here. And he'll just love on you so sweet. But today, since I have the microphone, we just going to get to it. All right. Let me emphasize this. As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon abandon the cravings of your self life. Don't beat yourself up. Abandoning is a process. The more you yield... It's going to go. It's not just going to go away because you love God. You do love God. But this flesh. Mm, this flesh. Verse 17. When your self life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. Hinder. From him living free. So don't accuse people in their sin. Oh, you go to that church, you ain't even saved. Don't, let, don't, don't listen to that. And, and saints, don't do that to people. If they have a real struggle in their flesh, that's why Jesus came. We can't accuse and put our mouth on people and accuse them of not being real Christians. It says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. We got to stop putting our mouth on each other, saints. Because there is a war. 
Again, verse 17, when your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. But when you yield to the life of the spirit, you will no longer be living under the law, but soaring above it. What that means, let me see. I believe I did my missions experience in Nagpur, India. And I believe that there was a, a, I didn't study the law when I studied this, but there was a time uh, in that region that if you stole something, you could literally, by law, get your hand chopped off for stealing. That was the law. When we yield to the power of the Holy Ghost, we don't live under the constraints of the law. Meaning, if you're a police officer, somebody stole something, but the Holy Spirit is alive and active in you, instead of cutting somebody's hand off, you might put them in jail for two weeks. You know, that, that it's not, we don't live by the law. The rigidity of the law is absence of the love and grace of God. We do need laws. We do need order. But as believers, we are not bound by the law when the fruit of the spirit is active and alive in us. So that means we experience that from God because our sin, the things that we deserve because of our sin, we have not experienced it because Jesus is not living by the law. We are living under grace, but we are not grace only people. We are the whole counsel of God. There is grace. There is consequence. Yeah, we do live under grace, but there is consequences to our sin but when we yield to the Holy Spirit we, we we curb those cravings until they are completely gone I'm at verse 19 the behavior of the self-life is obvious sexual immorality lustful thoughts pornography chasing after things instead of God manipulating others hatred of those who get in your way senseless arguments resentment when others are favored Temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things? One translation says, one that continuously practices these things. If you are coming out, you are coming out. But the continual practice of these things, here is the consequence. It says, if you use your freedom for these things, you will not inherit the kingdom realm of God. We see grace. We don't have to live by the law, but we see consequence of our actions. Jesus came so that we wouldn't be bound by these things, but if we keep slapping his hand away and thumping his knuckles and thinking, I'm grown, you can't tell me nothing. I could do what I want to do in this me culture, in this cancel culture, in this, if they don't do right by you, if they don't want to go, they're not meant to go with you on your journey, you just leave them. The devil is a lie. 
you can have healthy boundaries. In John 2.42, it says, and you don't have to put this up because it's not in my notes. It says, Jesus entrusted himself to no man, for he knew the hearts of all men. That means that, you know, Jesus knew they would say, Hosanna, Hosanna at 9 a.m. and crucify, crucify by three. It says he entrusted himself to no man, but the word says, yet he loved them to the very end. There is a place for law. There is a place for grace. But there is a place for us to make a choice. Today is a day to make a good choice, to leave it all behind. Verse 22, verses 22 and 23, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. Notice that it doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is is love out of the love of God in us what makes the love of God in us evident is joy that overflows peace that subdues patience that endures kindness in action a life full of virtue which means a life full of goodness Faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit, which we know as self-control. Now, I know I am talking about joy, but it's levels to this thing. And in order for us to experience the full joy of Christ, we have got to start with love. The fruit of the spirit is love. The love of God in us then produces joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. The love of God. The love of God can be in you. For those of you that have said, oh, people just get on my nerves and I am just who I am. Just just say a, a, a little prayer of repentance right now or make a note to pray about that. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. That means when we accept Jesus Christ, there is a love that we can access that comes along with belonging to him. You know how American Express says membership has its privileges? If I have a black American Express card, I get it in the envelope. I don't have a black card, so I don't know if they even send it to you or if you got to pick it up. But just, just pretend if I had a black card and they sent it to me in the envelope and I just left it on the counter. I am a member. I have access, but I am not using what is available to me. Therefore, it will not work for me. And then if I'm walking around with no money and bad credit and I'm like, oh, you see how the man is trying to hold me down. I just can't get nowhere. I'm praying, oh, Lord, help me, deliver me out of this. But I got a black card sitting on the counter that I have not taken out or used and had access to, but it belongs to me. And so is the word of God. You have access for everything that can get you out of trouble, that can rescue you, and it is sitting collecting dust somewhere in your house, and you don't have access to it. And then you have the audacity to be mad with Pastor Ray and I when we don't jump at every whim. Oh, we're going to talk about it today. Oh, baby, I'm so sorry, but amen. Because if I keep playing with you, you're just going to be dying, and we all riding a surfboard to hell. And we meeting on Sunday mornings, we having practices, 
And the church has done you and me both a disservice because we have gotten so far away from discipleship. We've gotten so far away from the truth. Do you know at Converge Church, we are not called for numbers. We are called to point people to Jesus. Look at all these empty seats because people want to be somewhere where they're going to say, oh, if you give your $250 offering and then you're going to have a $250 blessing. And if you give your first million, you're going to be a millionaire. Ain't nobody talking how you're treating your neighbor. Nobody is challenging you that your online presence is robbing you of the power of God in your life. Nobody is telling you that cussing your spouse out is sin. It is irreverent and ungodly. And I've been delivered from it and it ain't cute. The power of God is available to us. There are millions of us in churches right now. And on Monday when I watch CNN, if I choose to watch CNN, don't send me an email about CNN or Fox News because neither one of them make a difference. But if I watch it, I cannot even tell that there's any saints in America today. Oh, I'm starting with myself. But you know where I start? I start at my house with my children. I start by just being nice to Pastor Ray. I start by honoring the students and the parents. And my, I start by honoring my principal that I work for. That's where I start. That is where my ministry, this is the easiest part of pastoring. Anybody could get up here as long as you're not shy and do this. This is not ministry. Ministry is, am I teaching my children to pray when trouble comes? Ministry is, am I telling my children how to be kind to our neighbor? Let me tell you, Levi's not in here, but I'm going to put him on blast. Levi is the ultimate protector of his peace. He's got his little buddies live across the street. So sometimes the buddies come over and Levi is a pretty just easy, he's like just smooth jazz. I'm a lot more hip hop, but Levi is just cool. So some days he might be on Fortnite or he might just not, he listens to audio books and he just might be chilling. And so Jackson will come and ring the doorbell. Hey, Levi, want to hang out? Levi will come halfway down the stairs and is like, no, I just want to chill and relax today and go back up. And I'm standing at the door with Jackson and me and Jackson looking at each other. I'm like, no, no, Pops, come back, come back, come back, all the way down the stairs. Tell Jackson, well, I don't want to play right now, but maybe a little later. So then he's like, I don't want to play right now, (laughs) but maybe a little later. And then tell him, thanks for coming by. Thanks for coming by. And so then Jackson's like, okay. That's ministry. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if Levi want to go across the street and play with Jackson and he halfway come down the stairs and says, oh, I don't want to play right now, then it's going to be like, well, is he mad at me? Is he not mad with me? That's ministry. Treat your neighbor kind. Bring your little self all the way down the stairs. Look the man in his eye. Say, I don't want to because I'm not going to violate his boundary. I don't want to play right now. Thanks for checking on me. We'll come back. That's ministry. That, too, is the gospel. Just teaching your kids how to act towards your neighbor. All right, I'm calm down now, so back to the word. 
In the amplified version, uh, we, we're talking about, I'm talking about joy, but I said there's level to this, this thing. Joy is a byproduct of the fruit of love. If you have the love of God in you and life circumstances are real and you may be thinking, how am I supposed to love? And this has happened and this has happened. I want to show you today from God's word that love is available to you. And I'm so sorry for all that you have been through, but thank God you're still here. In 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, starting at the first verse, I'm reading from the Amplified because it expresses it a lot more deeply for me to express. It says, if I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but I have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion such as is inspired by God's love for and in us. The love of God that is in us can be expressed to others because we accept that God loves me. Say that to yourself, God loves me. I want you to say that all week until you believe it. And if you believe it, it's still another level to go to with it. Verse 2. It says, and if I have prophetic powers, the gifts of interpreting the divine with the purpose and understand, mm -mm, I'm messing up. And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge. And if I have sufficient faith, so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, God's love in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. Even if I dole out all that I have to surrender my body to be burned or in order that I may glory, but have not love, God's love in me. I gain nothing. Verse 4, love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or moody or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. That means it's not keeping records. It's not doing tit for tat. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It doesn't mean that you can be abused, abnormal use of something, and not pay attention to it. That is not what this is saying. If something is happening, has happened to you, you need to tell somebody. But this is talking about those other things when people walk by you and they don't say good morning or if your coworker, we had a coworker that they may be watching, so I'm going to tell another story. You, you get what I'm saying. 
does not rejoice in injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Right here, you don't have to take sides. As a believer, you stand on the side of truth. Don't allow people to put you in the middle. Nobody can put you in the middle. The middle is a posture you assume. Because you go ahead on and tell people, nope, I'm not getting in the middle of this. And you can mediate. You don't ever have to be in the middle, especially when it comes to family. Right here is the word. I'm not on your side. I'm not on your side. I'm on the side of truth. And when you take that posture, you can continue to mediate and you can help people along. Whether it now, natural human nature, you're going to be like, mm-hmm, I know they did that. You know, on the inside, but you just don't let it come out because the love of God in you is on the side of truth, not our human preference. Verse 7, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. That means that our love does not need to be on the condition of. On the condition of that if you're nice to me, then I'm going to love you extra. And if you're not nice to me, then I'm going to not love you. Mm-mm. The love of God in us. And look at this. Our God is so amazing. He is not asking us to even conjure up these feelings. He's going to give us his love to operate from. But we have to yield to it. We have to be willing. We have to say, "Mm, not my way. And we grow into this. It is a process. Just like you've grown to where you are, you grow into this. Life experiences, some of us have had some experiences, and it's just all you could do this morning to get up. And we thank God for that because you're here. But as we yield to God, yielding to love doesn't mean the wrong things that people did to you was okay. I think sometimes when we yield to love and when we choose to walk in love, we feel like we are saying what you did to me was okay. No. You aren't signing up to say that was okay. I think we feel that way with forgiveness. We feel like if we forgive a wrong that we say, oh, that's okay, and it wasn't okay. No, when you yield to the love of God, what you do is you take your hands off and you leave them for God to handle them. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. But as long as you keep putting your hand in and then you're stonewalling and you're being angry, God can't get to them. My girlfriend, when uh, Pastor Ray and I had, were at a really tough time in marriage, and there were three of us. It was Karen Abibafe, Miss Pat, Pastor Jesse's wife, and myself. And I just was like a little puppy that needed to be put in the cage with no water. I mean, I love Jesus, but I was just all over the place. I just, just, yeah, mm-hmm. And so uh, when Ray and I started going through, I mean, I would just be so mad and I would just be like, I ain't even asked nobody to marry me. I was minding my own business. And I mean, I would just be wearing him out. And Karen said to me one time, 
she said, uh, if Nia did something wrong, Nia wasn't even born yet, but I just, just pretend. She used her daughter, Zoya, her oldest daughter. She said, Wendy, if Zoya does something wrong, and Karen was married to David at the time. Karen has gone home to be with the Lord um, before us, and we dearly miss her. But when she was trying to get me into a place of just common sense and maturity, because I'm just going on and on about Ray, and you couldn't tell I was saved at that time. That's why you need to be in community, because I had two women that prayed me to where I am today. Parents that just believe God's best in me. And I felt like because I was hurt that I just had the legal right to let him know I was minding my own business. I was in India. I was getting ready to go to Bangkok, Thailand, and you just came and asked me to marry you. Dude, just send me through all of this kind of stuff. And, just, and just going on. So Karen uses the analogy. They had their oldest daughter at the time was eight. And she said, if Zoya does something wrong and I spank her, David is not going to come home, her husband, and spank her again. I've already spanked her. It's our, he might talk to her, but he's not going to punish her again. And she said, if you keep spanking Ray with your words, you aren't leaving room for God to get to him. And it still took me a little while to shut up, but <laughs> I quietly hid those things in my heart. <laughs> And it was in a process because everything about me, my attitude and neural pathways in my mouth were just trained that if you do me wrong, you just open up. This for, it, I have legal right. I absolutely do not. Now, I'm saved. Tongue talking, oil slinging, devil stomping kind of chick. But the love of God was not in at all operation toward my husband. And for years, there I could do no mighty I'm not likening myself to God, but the spirit of God in me. My life wasn't full of power. I wasn't speaking at conferences because I couldn't even get it right at home. And I would have brought shame to the word of God, the name of God, and even myself. So I'm so gracious that, grateful that God hid me. I had to yield to that love of God in me. And I had help because I had good people around us. Oh, one day I just ran away. I wasn't going home. My phone rings. It's Pastor Jesse saying, Wendy Harmon, where are you? And I'm just like, he was like, okay, all right, we're going to get through this. Do you remember that, Pastor Jesse? Verse 8, love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. Your love can't come to an end when things don't go your way. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine, the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value and be superseded by truth. But love never fails. So as we are talking about joy, I'm going back to Galatians 5, when it says in 22 and verses 22 and 23, when it says, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. 
That divine love is what I just read to you out of the Amplified Bible from 1 Corinthians 13. A lot of times people read that uh, passage at marriages, but that is supposed to be in operation for the believer at all times. It says divine love in all its varied expressions, and today we will focus on joy that overflows. I'm at verse 24. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus have already experienced crucifixion for everything connected to our self-life, our sins, our missing the mark, was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. So you may think, how is my right now current situation sin? How was that on the cross? It was on the cross when Jesus took the beatings and the whippings. It was on the cross. Him going to the cross for our sins now gives us access. That when we mess up, we don't have to go to the priest and get 12 doves and a fatted calf and kill it on the altar. Jesus was our ultimate sacrifice. So because of Jesus and us accepting him, when we miss the mark, we have access to say, oh, Father, I missed it. Please forgive me. And when we have repentance, it is not just our words, will you forgive me, and acknowledgement. Repent means to acknowledge and to turn from. We acknowledge and we turn away from it. And guess what? We've got to do what we need to do to get some help. The anger that I was experiencing in my marriage, it wasn't about that only. It had been years of undealt anger that was now just bubbling and spilling over. So guess what I learned to do? I get the word of God in me, get some worship in me, and take my little cute self to counseling. Yeah, paid some good money for counseling. Marriage counseling, individual counseling for years. There's a very natural side to being a spiritual person. There are some things we just can't do by ourselves. If my tooth hurts, I don't go and ask Andrea to pray for my tooth. I call Dr. Banks and I go to the dentist. Because I could pray, oh, Lord, take the tooth away. Can he? Yeah, he would be able to. But there's a natural side to being a spiritual person. Go see about the tooth. I got to go to the dentist tomorrow. <laughs> but I went to the dentist. I didn't keep praying about it. Couldn't eat ice cream. Couldn't just. And then, you know, just life, it just will do you wrong. The tooth that acted up was a tooth that had a crown on it. You know how much crowns cost. So when they did the root canal, guess what now? Had to replace the crown. The crown was minding his own business. He was good and safe and secure. And then Miss Little Root Canal just want to raise up. And I'm just like, so now I got to just go and do it. But I ain't asked nobody to pray for me about it. Just do what needs to be done. Prayer is, you pray about everything. It's fine. So when I was at the dentist, speaking of prayer, ever since I had Levi, I don't know what happened. I had an unexpected C-section with him. I get very afraid, like tears. And so I'm in the intodontist office. And I cognitively understand, girl, you all right. You safe, nice new office, the dentist is nice. 
but my pressure was going up. And y'all, just tears coming down. Just, just running, just running. So I asked Leah, I said, can you please give me some tissue? She was like, oh, dear. She touched me. I said, no, no, I'm fine. I said, I don't know why. I've just been crying like this every time I go to the dentist for the last 13 years. But I'm going to be fine. Just give me about 10 minutes. And just cry, just cry. And got it together. The dentist, the endodontist came in. He was like, you good? I was like, I'm fine. Just go ahead and just cry. I had to have an endoscopy. And the doctor, he just kept looking at me. He just, I wouldn't look at him. I just kept on crying because I'm going to be fine. So I just cried, got me some tissue, and I'm fine. That's how we have to do in life. And keep you girls a pack of lip gloss because after you cry and wipe your face, put you on some lip gloss and we still look cute. <laughs> Tears don't compromise, compromise our strength. Verse 25 of Galatians 5, if the spirit is the source of our life, we must allow the spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. Repeat after me, say, oh Lord, please be my source. That's what we need, and today is a good day. So by the time we leave this time together, what I want you to know, all of that was background information, and so what I want us to be able to confidently identify at the end of this message is the source of joy, the strength of joy, and the satisfaction of joy. What is joy? The dictionary defines joy as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Everybody say, wrong. But that's what the dictionary says. As believers, that's a good start. That's good, you know, when you have joy for a spelling word in third grade and you got to look up the definition. That's a good start. But for us, the believers, who are yielding to the fruit of the Spirit, the joy that is available to us is much greater than that. Biblical definition, joy, is a perpetual gladness of heart that comes from knowing, experiencing, and trusting God. It says gladness of heart. It didn't say a belly full of laughter and everything. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm great, I'm good, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm great, I'm good, I'm wonderful. Mm-mm, that's not joy. It is a gladness of heart that I'm going to be all right, no matter what. Every time I get to this part, I see T-Roz's face. Because I've lived enough life with T-Roz. T-Roz, are you in here? Okay, she stepped out. I think she was serving. But T-Roz, if you don't know her, you need to get to know her. And I'm not excluding anybody else, but every time I get to this point for all these weeks that I've been studying, I see T-Roz. In the 13 years I've known T-Roz, she done been through a lot. We've had a lot of time of prayer together. There have been a lot of tears shed. But T-Roz has a gladness of heart that I want to grow up and be like that. 
I mean, there is a gladness of heart. Yeah, we can celebrate our sister. There is a gladness of heart. There is a joy. There is a peace. There is a giving. If you want to know what the fruit of the Spirit looks like in full human form, outside of Jesus, T-Roz, our very own. Life for her has not been perfect. But she says, it's going to be all right. And she's like, oh, I just don't, I don't even understand. And I just said, Lord, can you show me? And I went to the word and, oh, gladness of heart beyond her situation. And then I found the best definition of joy that I could even put into words. And it, it isn't even, they aren't even my words. When I was studying joy, there is a... Um, organization called Compassion. There's a website, Compassion.com, and it, it, it exists kind of like World Vision, where you can give to children that are in desperate, dire situations uh, across the globe. But this is what Compassion.com says about joy, and they are specifically talking about the joy that you would receive by adopting one of these children and giving to them, but it is a faith-based organization. Uh, Compassion.com says this, the true definition of joy goes beyond the limited explanation presented in a dictionary, which is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. True joy is a limitless, life-defining, transformative reservoir waiting to be tapped into. Everybody say, I have a part to play. It requires the utmost surrender, which is a word, cousin, first cousin to yielding. And like love is a choice to be made. Joy is a choice to be made. And joy doesn't come, just like tears don't compromise your strength, joy does not come based off of your circumstances. Your circumstances, a part of joy can be happiness and giggles and smiles, but that is not what joy. Remember, joy is a gladness of heart, but there is a part that we have to play. It requires utmost surrender. You have to say in the face of circumstances, lift my eyebrows up. I'm going to be all right. I have told you over and over and over about me teaching. And my certificate was expired. And I started teaching. And teaching school is the thing I would do for free. But it's so much work for Prosper ISD. I don't want to do it for free. It's like I'll do it for free, but it's too much work to do it for free. So, yeah, I'm going to need you all to run me a couple checks. Well, the first check I was getting was on a full-time sub. But because of who I am in Christ and because of my calling, I'm giving full-time teacher time. So I'm doing everything I need to do because it was an invitation. Would you come back to teach? And I was like, yeah. And then they took me and then I loved it. And I just wanted a whole check and some benefits because it was a lot of work. But it was fun. And truth be told, I would have stayed on the little substitute pay. But if anything else was available, let me go ahead on and get it. So my principal sends me an email, and she calls me into her office at 7 a.m. on a Monday morning. We start school at 7.15. And she just said, oh, Mrs. Harmon, we see your paperwork that you submitted to be a teacher. The district would have had to file what they call a hardship uh, certificate for me so the state would approve me to 
teach these people's kids because people really don't like uncertified people teaching their kids. I kind of respect it, but I'm like, it's me. So anyway, she calls me in on Monday and says, unfortunately, Mrs. Harmon, the district has denied your request. They are not going to file the hardship uh, paperwork for you, and so you will have to remain on substitute pay. And I've got things to consider. Number one, my witness, because people had all stalked me on Facebook before I had a, a chance to change my settings, and so they knew that I'm in church leadership. And then two, my principal had given me a chance. Three, Levi's godmother had actually asked me to come back. And four, I really love my job. And five, it might have been an opportunity for me to just live the life I preach about and just go ahead on and serve with that little video check. So on Monday, I just said, okay. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, every time I walked in the building, the only prayer I had was, Lord, just remember me. Lord, just remember me. And I wanted to say, oh, remember, I'm a tither, but that ain't really cute. He don't owe me anything. So I just stopped. Lord, just remember me. Friday, we have an ARD, which is a special education meeting, and it can be pretty intensive. And it's, I'm like, ooh, they just do ARDs on Friday. I thought Friday they let you go early, but mm -mm, not in Prosper. <laughs> and so I'm like, and I'm on the substitute pay. And it's like 4 o'clock. 4.15, the R meeting is over, and my principal says, Mrs. Harmon, I need you to go straight to your classroom, power up your laptop. I need you to sign that paperwork, send it over to admin, and send that letter out to your parents. Let me know when you get finished. Monday, she said they won't do it. On Friday at 4.15, they did it. Joy. I had to choose joy in spite of my circumstance. And it just only made the deal sweeter. By the time I had already led myself, like, girl, you just gonna be here. It's all good. Because I love it. I loved it. By the time I had dealt with myself, and I only told Pastor Ray. I didn't talk about it to my team lead, and I'm sure you cannot believe it. I am a talker. I know you don't believe that. I know it's very hard for you to believe that I'm a talker. So I'm a talker. And I was just like, mm-mm. God, you will be God. And I had to settle even if I said yes. My grandfather, Levi, who I named my son after, when I was about seven years old, told me, Pooh, all the poisons God is they word. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And I heard Granddaddy Levi said, let your yes. I had said yes, and I did my part, and God did his part. And as soon as I turned the sign that certificate, you just know you don't have to take babies out because of me because I'm all about the baby life. If you want to take them out, you can take them out, but I have the mic, and we just, so I don't want any parents to ever feel like they have to go out. If you want to, that's fine, but you don't have to leave because of me. Joy. No matter what. You got to settle. Even if it doesn't go my way, how am I going to represent, represent Christ? Me teaching fourth grade is so much bigger than me teaching fourth grade. Because I'm in a position and nobody care about this right here. They just need to make sure that I'm in the building, I'm grading my papers, I'm going to my art meetings. It gives me an opportunity to serve. 
what we ask you to do. I actually have an opportunity to live the life that I believe about. I believe in. And so what is that going to look like? Sometimes it's not going to go my way. And I, when I tell you I had the absolute best year of my whole life, and the reason why I needed last year is because I had gotten so many things so wrong in my early days of teaching. I taught for 10 years, and I've been out of the classrooms for 17 years. And so a part of, let me tell you the whole story, not make it look like it was all juicy and Jesus is just on my side and I'm his favorite girl. What it really was is I was asking the Lord for a great do-over. Because I had taught school for 10 years before I was a mother, so you can only imagine how rigid I was. And I don't have a problem apologizing, but you don't apologize when you actually think you're right. And so I just needed the Lord to give me a do-over, and he did. And I got it right. Sometimes people would say, oh, you're so calm. And I told him, because I'm the poster child of what not to do. Oh, I could be calm now because you ain't seen me in 2005 when I had to take the whole class called Brace Yourself. A whole PD called Brace Yourself. Compliments of Plano ISD. Because I got caught yelling at a little girl. But the kids are just acting up, and she was the cutest little redhead. And you know what they say about redheads. Everybody, the whole 120 people being quiet except for little baby red. So I told Baby Red, we have asked everybody to be quiet and you're still talking for the next three minutes. All I want to see you do is breathe and blink. Don't open your mouth. And just as soon as I said mouth, my principal just turned the corner with a set of parents and they were doing a tour of the school. Yeah, I deserved it. I had earned it. So I got a little write up. Had to go to brace yourself. So when I get to prosper, oh, you know your girl's sitting down with her ankles crossed and her mouth closed. Because I'm not taking brace yourself no more. I've got the certificate. <laughs> yeah, joy in spite of. Can you have joy when you're wrong and busted? Yeah. Yeah, I, I hadn't read the deepness of the joy back then, and I, I wasn't real happy about it. But blessed be the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank God for brace yourself. Thank God when we get busted. Thank God every time you get caught. That is the grace of God abounding toward you for you to get yourself together. When you get caught, just say, ah, amen, and, 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 and then repent and get to where you need to go. Getting caught is grace. Because can you imagine if I would have stayed that level of monkey behavior that monkey have grown to a full baboon. And then I'm up here trying to preach and all this and teach it and still got them old monkey ways. You know what I'm saying? It just brings shame to the name of God. And so I'm so glad because now I can have grace. When other teachers yell, I don't even throw no shade. I just go and hold a hand. I might bump her. I act real cute. And I'm like, girl, we don't even have to do that. Because being mad, it just makes us get too old. Come on. Let's have a Starbucks. And it just, and it's no judgment. I'm trying to save a sister. You know, I'm just like, I don't want you to take brace yourself too. Because they might not even give you the class no more. They just might just fire you. Because you know they got just teachers standing at the door, though. But you'll be in trouble. Joy. 
joy, even in getting caught. Joy is not a feeling that happens, great or extreme happiness. Feeling, I mean, joy is not an emotion based off of an individual's current situation. Remember our compassion definition? It is a limitless reservoir waiting to be tapped into. And like love, it is a choice to be made. True joy is a continuous choice rooted in knowing God's love. If you don't know that God loves you this much, then it's hard for you to have joy. It's hard for you to express love to someone else because you are constantly feeling like you're being judged and you're on a whipping block. And you're not. God is not mad at you. I don't care what you've done. Remember when, Jesus, when, when Lazarus died, it says Jesus wept. When we miss the mark, Jesus is not like, oh, look at him. He's like, oh, baby. If you ever watch, and I want you to watch The Chosen, because it gives us a great bird's eye view of God's love for us. So in The Chosen, it starts off season one, episode one with Mary Magdalene. And what we can see is I best describe is that she's having a mental health crisis. But it's, she's Jewish, it's back in the day, they don't have counselors and all of this and people just think she's a crazy woman. She gets healed by Jesus in a bar. I'm not encouraging you to go to the bar. Mm -mm. Mary got healed by Jesus in a bar. She's walking with the Lord. She has got a season of sobriety, a season of being with the Lord, and then walking with the Lord and doing his work will cause you to encounter other people's circumstance. So there is a man that is demon-filled who is now trying to call the old Mary out. So when this demon-possessed man the demon raises up out of him and says, I know who you are. And she is, as best I can describe it, is she's triggered. And she runs away from the camp and she goes straight back to the bar. And if I hadn't lived as long as I'd lived and messed up as much as I've messed up, I would think, oh, she was with Jesus. How she, could she do it? Oh, I'm with Jesus. How can I do some of the things I do? And so then the other disciples, they go looking for her, and they finally find her, and she is shame. The shame, even watching a show, it is so tangible because I see myself in her. And so one of the other ladies takes her to the tent where Jesus is, and he's standing there waiting for her just like he stands and waits for us. Remember, we have a part to play and our acceptance of his love. And she was like, oh, teacher, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. And you know what he says? Oh, Mary, I love you. When we don't believe that God loves us like that, it will cause us to do some things we really don't want to do but he is in hot pursuit. 
Remember I said at the end of this message, I wanted you to know the source of joy and the strength of joy and, and whatever the last one was. What I want you to know is that Jesus loves you. That's what I want you to leave with today. Jesus loves you. With a deep, deep love. And it is out of that love that he has called us to joy. That Jesus loves you. And he's called you. And it's going to be okay. Just hang in there. Just keep showing up. When you mess up, get back up. And know somebody loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. If we yield to that love, the cravings and the struggles they start to subside, but sometimes they never leave. Sometimes they don't. So we use the supernatural and put it with the natural. <clears throat> John 15, five and 11, it says this. I'm gonna go read John 15, verses five through 11. I'm not quite, quite read, but ready yet, but stay here. I'm, I'm getting there. It says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Stephen, if you could do me a favor and bring the tree. I am the vine. And you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Remember back in Galatians, we are talking about the fruit of the spirit. And I asked Stephen to bring this. Let's bring it up here to the blue mark. Thank you so much. Thank God for strong, single young men with jobs and benefits. Yay, God. If the word, the Lord sends you a word, Ruth, and you are out there, just submit your application. All right. <laughs> and so you can see as best you can, this, this tree is not like, like other trees. You can see it's kind of more, more viney. So in the scripture, in John 15, what in Jesus, I meant to make these letters red I forget, because Jesus was speaking here. And I just come from the little Baptist church. Whenever Jesus was speaking, all my Bibles have the red marks in them. If they're the King James and New King James. But this is Jesus speaking. He says, yes, I am the vine. That's this part here, the strong part. And you are the branches. That's these things right here. And let's just pretend that these leaves are the fruit. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Much fruit. This is what your life should look like in spirit form. You're connected to the vine, which is Jesus. 
You are the branches and being connected to him yields fruit. Your life, spiritually speaking, you should be walking around looking like a big old bushy tree. In Jesus' name. For apart from me, you can do nothing. There was a storm that came through on Friday night. How many people have seen trees down and branches down? Guess what? Because of the separation, what's going to happen to those trees and branches we've been seeing all over McKinney? They're going to die. They're going to be chopped up and gathered together for wood, for burning. That's what happens to our life when we are separated from God. We are not of any use to him or ourselves or anybody. And that's not God being angry with us. That is a choice we're making. I want to be separated. When I cut off one of these branches, even though this tree is not real, let's just pretend. If I cut off one of these branches, it is no longer connected to the life source. And we can't walk in love. Not that we don't want to. It'll be impossible because we are no longer connected with the source. Verse 6 in John 15 says, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words, if you are taking notes, underline my words. I highlighted it myself. And my words remain in you. You may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to the Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Notice there in verse 11, that's the key verse, but I need to give you background. He said, I've told you these things. Don't get stuck on the branch being separated. You're here. You're not separated. So don't get, the, oh, see, God, if we don't do everything right, then he's just going to burn us up. No, that's not it. We're not going to get stuck there. He's saying, remain in me. That is an invitation. He's asking you to remain in him. He says, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Jesus didn't say so that you will be filled with joy like mine. My joy. So what is his joy? Let's flip on to the back to Hebrews 1.9. Hebrews 1.9 in the Living Translation, it says, now this is God. The prophet is speaking about God as though God is speaking. God is saying this to Jesus. This is what God, creator of heaven earth and earth, says to the Son. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O oh God, God called Jesus, O oh God. Therefore, O oh God, your God, meaning he himself who was speaking, has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than anyone else. 
So in John, when Jesus says, I want you to have my joy, God has poured out on him more joy than anyone else. Greater than the angels. I'm going to teach on these angel numbers. They're not godly. I just want to give you that little nugget. If you go back in the Hebrews 1 and read all that, it'll show you why it's not godly. Don't get caught up into that kind of stuff. There's nothing higher or greater than God, than Jesus. God is saying, oh, God. He's like being a proud father, and he's calling the son God. And he says, I have given you more joy than anyone else. Let me tell you, you know, we have songs. It reminds me of the, what is that, the... Oh, the, 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 the bottom boys. Remember, I'm a man of many sorrows. Remember, yes, yes. What is the name of that little group? Soggy bottom boys. And he talks about being a man of many sorrows. And then remember that, what was the name of the movie? George Clooney was in it. Bro, brother, where art thou? <laughs> People think that Jesus was just walking around, just praying. And even you can miss it a little bit when you watch The Chosen because he's praying and he's healing people and he's tired. But guess where he did his first miracle? At a wedding. And when his mama sees him, oh, Jesus picks Mary up and spins her around. Jesus was full of joy. Jesus was having fun. Remember the sons of Zebedee? They were just acting up. Jesus gave them a nickname. He said, I'm going to call you the sons of thunder because y'all ain't nothing but trouble. He didn't say that, but I added it just, just for us. Yeah, but he, Jesus was, wasn't a man of many sorrows. He carried the weight of the world literally on his shoulders, but he had joy that God gave him more than anybody else. And this same Jesus is saying, I want you to have my joy, not joy like mine. But we don't get it if we disconnect. Even when you stay connected, this thing is kind of hard. So don't disconnect. Okay, number one, the source of our joy is who? Jesus has to be. The source of our joy is Jesus. Number two, the strength of our joy is found in our words. John 15, 7 says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. What do words have to do with joy? Let me give you some facts about words. Words have power. Words shape worlds. Words have shaped you. Whether you were conscious of it or not, you are the very byproduct of the words that were spoken about you or to you or words that you have said yourself. <clears throat> words have power. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruits and bear the consequences of their words. Watch your mouth. Ephesians 4.29 says, do not let unwholesome, foul profane, worthless, vulgar. Stop telling dirty, dirty jokes at work. It's not cute. Vulgar words ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good for building up others according to the need and the occasion so that it will be a blessing to those who hear it. Your words, the words that you speak. Proverbs 12, 18 says, some people make cutting remarks but the words of the wise bring healing. It didn't 
say, taking them to the doctor, it says the words of the wise bring healing. Everybody say, I'm wise. Proverbs 18.20 says, a man's stomach will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. He will be satisfied with the consequences of his words. Words shape worlds. Genesis 1 verses 1 through 5 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Then God said, Let there be light and there was light. And God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. Verse 5, God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and the morning came making it the first day. Genesis 1, 26 to 27 says, then God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man. Everybody say, that's me. In our image, according to our likeness, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the cattle over the entire earth and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. The joy that we're talking about, the love that we're talking about, it belongs to you. It's yours not based off of anything you've done. It's yours based off of who God is and he made you. So let's tap into that. Words have shaped you and we don't have to get real deep into that. I'll share a little story. And I do find it funny, even though not ha-ha funny, but I'm glad I'll be able to share it with you. My mother and father did not stay together. They were not together. My mother and my biological father, whenever you hear me talking about my dad, that's my stepfather, Rodney. I love him. He's been with my mother since I was 18 months old. That's the only father I know. But my biological father, um, he just struggled with some things. And so I was born in 1970, when the late 70s, probably about 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, I could give him a call, but you could make collect calls back then. There was no cell phones. You had landlines. So you would call the operator, press zero, and say, I would like to make a collect call, give the operator the number. The operator would plug into that number, and before you could speak, the operator would say, I have a collect call from. So, you know, my name is Wendy. Back when I was coming up, wasn't that many black girls named Wendy so that, you know, you would think that my daddy knew this. So one day I call my dad. I'm about 12 years old. And I make a collect call because I live in Michigan. He was in Georgia. The operator says, we have a collect call from Wendy. Do you accept the charges? My father says, Wendy, 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 Wendy. Oh, Wendy. words. As a 12-year-old girl, can you imagine? He didn't say anything ugly, 
but the questioning tone of my name. He knew I was his before I got here. He knew what my name was. And when I call, his response is, Words can cut. He didn't mean anything by it. He really struggled with alcoholism. He might have been drunk or hungover. But as a 12-year-old girl, if he ever heard the name Wendy, it's a word shape you. Oh, but I'm so glad I love Jesus. Let me read you a letter. The last day of school, a little cute little old something, slid a note on my desk, didn't even give it to me. This is what it says. May 24th, 2023, dear Mrs. Harmon, it was awesome having you as my fourth grade teacher. You were always kind to me, and I will miss leaving your class to go to fifth grade. But as you always say, you have to move on in life. <laughs> I hope you have a good year next year. You will be in my heart as long as I live from your student, Arnav. So to go from somebody not recognizing my name to somebody saying, you will be in my heart forever. Words have a lot to do with our joy. Stop calling yourself stupid. Stop calling yourself fat. Stop calling yourself all those ugly things that don't line up with the word of God. Because you say it and then you believe it. And when you say, oh, girl, I just can't. Because I'm, I'm guilty of it, too. And what we do is we talk people out of loving us. We're inviting people to not cherish. Somebody will say, oh, you look so cute. And you say, oh, girl, I got this on sale. Well, you could say, first say thank you and receive that you're looking cute. Then say, I want you to look cute too, so you just go on and get it. I got this on sale for real at Dillard's, y'all. It's no more left because it's the last one, and I just believe the Holy Ghost had my name on it because it was the last size just for me. But anyway, say thank you. Don't talk people out of loving you. Words matter. Receive those words. If somebody says you look cute, that would line up with what God says about you. In Psalm 139, he says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. So you can accept that you look cute. I'm going to let you go today, but not right now. <laughs> All right. The satisfaction of joy is in our connection to Christ, and I think that has been established. Tanya, you can get ready and come. I'm going to read to you about quite an obscure figure uh, to you in person but not so obscure if you've been around the church for any time, especially if you come from church hymns. There was a man named Joseph M. Scriven, who was born September 10th, 1819 in Ireland. He was Irish born, but he ended up being a Canadian poet. 
Joseph Scriven was born in 1819 to prosperous parents, parents in Brainbridge, County Down, Ireland. He graduated with a degree from Trinity College, Dublin in 1842. He left Ireland to be a missionary to the Iroquois Indians up in Canada. He also left his fiancee in Ireland. A year later, when she finally sailed across the ocean, picture this, she comes on a boat. They've been separated for a year. Say this is Friday when she arrives. They're getting married on Saturday. He's walking up to the pier. She's just gotten off the boat. She's crossing a bridge, and y'all, she slips, hits her head, falls off the bridge, and drowns in the lake, gets trapped under ice. He has to bury her with his own hands the day before they're getting married. This is a man of God doing the work of God. She accidentally drowned the night before they were to be married. That was in 1843. In 1844, at the age of 25, Scriven left his native country of Ireland. He had migrated to Canada. He was in Canada when she drowned. But he had gotten sick and went home, back home to Ireland. So now he goes back to Canada. He gets sick again. He's got to go back to Ireland in 1847. He later that year goes back to Canada. For two or three years, he's conducted a private school. In 1855, he receives news from Ireland that his mother is terribly ill. And he writes a poem to comfort her called Pray Without Ceasing. It was later set to music and renamed by Charles Converse. And we know it as the hymn. What a friend we have in Jesus. Scrivens did not have any intentions or dream that his poem would be sent in for publication at a newspaper and later become a favorite hymn among millions of Christians around the world. In 1857, there in Canada, he fell in love and was due to be married. But in August of 1860, his fiance fell ill with pneumonia and dies. He then devoted the rest of his life to tutoring, preaching, and helping others. Latanya is going to sing a little bit of that for us. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear.
find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrow share. Jesus knows our every weakness. Oh, yes, he does. Take it to the Lord in prayer. How could Joseph Scriven devote the rest of his life to tutoring, preaching, and helping others. There was a sustaining joy. There was a love that he had already decided to accept that God had for him. In the face of loss and illness, that is what he sent to his mother. We have the power if we choose to access it. My mother was, she called me yesterday and I told her, I'm going to use this quote in my message. And she was talking about situations at work and a scripture my dad, she, my dad and my sister were talking about. They had gone over. And my mother said something so powerful. She said, some things you just have to let go and remember why you're here. When you let it go, it doesn't mean it was okay. But for your own peace, you just have to let it go and remember why, why you're here. As I close, the joy of God makes, the joy God makes available to us through his son Jesus transcends emotions and circumstances. How can we have joy that overflows? John 15, 4 says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Our relationship with Jesus is like the relationship between the branch, which is you and I, and the vine, which is Jesus. A branch is absolutely dependent upon the vine. It is Jesus, the vine, that produces the fruit. All we have to do is yield to it. We're yielding to his love. He produces the fruit of joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, long-suffering, and self-control. And what we do is we bear the fruit, including the fruit of joy. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, above all things, help us to see and accept your great love toward us. In Jesus' name. If you are here and you say, you know what, today is a good day for me to reconnect with the Lord and you just want to rededicate your life and say, you know what? I've missed the mark, but today is my day of new beginning. I want all eyes closed, all heads bowed. If you say, you know what? The word of God, not Pastor Wendy, but the word of God so touched me and I just want to start fresh today. If that's you with all eyes closed and heads bowed, 
and you want to rededicate your life, just slip up your hand. I'm not going to make you come to the front. I won't call you out. I see that hand. You may put it down. I see those hands. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. I see that. I see that hand. Thank you so much. I see those hands. For those of you that have chose to rededicate your life, repeat after me, Lord Jesus. You can let everybody say it all together so that nobody is feeling by themselves. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that today is my day of new beginning. Lord, please forgive me that I did not recognize your great love for me. I repent for every time I've missed the mark. And I ask right now, Jesus, that you allow me the strength to renew my revelation of your love for me. Thank you for not turning your back on me. Thank you for giving me this day to come back to you. All right. In Jesus' name, amen. All eyes still closed, head still bowed. You may be here today and you say, you know what? I've never prayed this prayer of salvation. I, I haven't given my heart to the Lord, but today is the day I want to start that walk. I want to invite Jesus to be the Lord of my life. If you're here and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and you would like to do that today, would you just raise up your hand? anyone else we thank you Holy Ghost that say you know what today is the day I want to give Jesus my heart I see that hand we thank you Lord Jesus all right all the saints in the house and those that raise their hands repeat after me say Lord Jesus I ask you to forgive me for my sin and Jesus I acknowledge you as the savior of the world Jesus I know that you came as a baby you grew up to be a man you died on the cross for my sins and I believe you're coming again please accept my cry for salvation I thank you now that old things are behind me and today is a fresh start in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you pray that prayer, I'm going to be out here and I'd love to put a Bible in your hand and hug your neck and see how we can serve you. But I want you to know if you pray the prayer for, of salvation for the very first time, that in heaven right now, your name is being written in the book of life. And there is nothing you can do for that name to be erased. That you are saved. And when you're really, 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 really old and you die, you'll be in heaven with Jesus. And 
if he returns before that time, you are going right with him. There isn't anything you had to do but call upon the name of the Lord. And your name is written in the book of life forever. We will celebrate Jesus forever and ever and ever in his kingdom. We're going to ask that you stand up. Pastor Jesse is going to come and bless you out. Thank you for your time. Pray for Pastor. I love you and I will see you soon. much for coming. Thank you so much huh. for coming today. Yeah, put that in my Bible. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Can you hear me? Gee. Thank you so much for coming today. You're so we were blessed by the word that Pastor Willie gave us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And that joy is limitless, is what she told us today. Bow your heads and let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask you to bless your people today. God, we receive your word today. And we're believing and trusting that, God, we will understand and know the joy of the Lord this week and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we'd love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family, email us at echurchandweareconverged.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can also give via text. Simply text Converge Give and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience and we look forward to staying connected with you.